That's how you know you've arrived, buddy. You got oh, you got the big boy headphones. Padded Room Podcast. Back in your ear holes. My name is Darian. I apologize for the absence, ladies and gentlemen. It has been uh, ten, 10 days to two weeks of bullshit in my house. But I'm back. I brought my friends with me. Miss Monica is in the house. I am here. Returned from I'm... the land of Carson. Yeah. Where things are kind of wacky, usually. A lot of trailer parks out there. People in hospital gowns walking up and down Highway 50 for no apparent reason. It's like the Twilight Zone out there. If It, if it was like the white trash Twilight Zone, really, more than anything. Buddy is also in the house. I'm back. I got the whole goddamn Compton posse here tonight yeah. for you, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. I got hardwood floors put in my house, man. Yeah. Well, they're not hardwood. They're like a laminate, but they look like hardwood. Mm-hmm. That looks great. Well, thank awesome. you very much. It uh, is very expensive, I'll tell you that, and a giant pain in the ass. Um, uh, now I know what you went through, buddy, yeah. when you had your uh, bedroom turned into the uh, the thing for Aiden. Mm-hmm. Uh, you kind of turn into a nomad in your own house, <laughs> and I fucking hated it, man. Uh, where, where did I go? I started in my bedroom. Which was fine, and then they decided that they were going to do that, so had to pick up out of my room, move into Deacon's room, mm-hmm. which at this point I'm living out of uh, pretty much a backpack and an air mattress, yep. and then after that they're like, okay, we're going to do that, so then I had to go out to the living room, spend a night out there, <laughs> which is fine, me and the dogs, uh, family, fa- rest of family's in this room at that point, and then they're like, okay, well, I fucked up, okay, I... I Carved a giant scratch in the hardwood before they were even finished laying the shit. Okay, I'm trying to help them out. I'm moving my own furniture around by myself, mind you. To fucking like a 12 inch gash from this room clear out into the hallway. I probably should have noticed it, but I didn't, so whatever. But then, uh, so now they're like, okay, well, we got to redo your hallway, so we're going to have to take a bunch of boards. So I had to move back into my room, me and my backpack and my air mattress and my toothbrush. At this point, me, I haven't seen my family in a while. Have you guys seen my family? I've, I've been looking for them. I don't know where they went to. I haven't even been around. Uh, yeah. You're, you're like a nomad, just regular. I've I seen, yeah. seen you out in a tent outside of your work. I would have right. taken the kids. They could have stayed at my house. I wish I wish you would have said that. I would have sent them there. Yeah. Because, uh, fuck, man. You know? <laughs> Goddamn hardwood floors. It's done, though, and uh, I like it. Um I tell you what, though, this shit is not quiet. I got two dogs. Anytime they fart, it sounds like little yep. tap dancing up and down the hallway all goddamn night long. You'll you get can hear it. it. I'm sure I will, 
But uh, when they when they get all frisky and they trying to have at each other, oh, yeah. it's just sli- they, there's there's zero traction for them <laughs> right. on this shit. So it's just sliding from the kitchen to the living room, back to the kitchen to the living room. They're always banging into shit, knocking stuff over because they can't stop once they get going. I know, like I know each one's footsteps. Like if they're coming down the hall, I can tell who's coming. You know oh, the wow. the Morse code of the dog. <laughs> yes, because of the there's that guy, and then there's a that guy. And there's like a there's that guy. Yep. I'm feeling you, man. I don't know if this was a good idea or not. I'm still getting used to it. Uh, Monica, what's up with you, kid? We haven't seen you in like three weeks. What's I, what's I new with Miss Monica? One week off. I only no, you weren't here week. the last week. We took a week off. Yeah, so two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So what did we miss? Anything cool? No, no. How's not the much. diverticulitis? It's fine. Yeah? It's fine. All your you moving okay? You moving around? How's your mom's big toe? Did it come off? Yeah, no, it's still. Oh, it's still yeah, no, dangling. The big toe came off. Remember? Oh, yeah, they had to amputate. Yeah, but so you said there was like a little bone nub protruding out of it. Yeah, there, so it's um, which is entirely disgusting, by the way. Yeah, yeah. her foot has a, a, adapted to. Um, I can't even explain it. Like, adapted to not having a big toe. Yeah, so instead of having a foot like this, it got wide. <laughs> so she has balance. It's so weird. She's like one of the X-Men. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's Whoa. so freaky. It freaks me out every time I look I, at I it. I don't want to see it. You sent me no. a picture once, and I wish that you hadn't I, done right. that. It's like, wow. That is like going on a diet, because I don't want to eat anything oh. for a month. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy, what's up with you, homeboy? It's been like two months since we've seen you. <laughs> I know, right? What are you doing, man? <laughs> well... I got braces, right? Right. You're not going to believe this one. Why? Okay. So the place I got the braces from, yeah. they closed down. They uh, went out of business? Yeah. Or? Yeah, went out of business. Don't know exactly what happened, but it was like a all of a sudden thing and poof. Wow, what the yeah. fuck is I got, that? I got a letter in the mail that says, effective immediately if you'd like to pick up your invoices, go to this place and this phone number, So blah, blah, did blah. they refer you to a... Nope. Nobody was contacted for nothing. What the fuck Just is instantly. that? Yeah. Wow. And wow. I was supposed to have them like readjusted early August. And then I, I was trying to get a hold of them. They're like, uh, we don't really know what's going on. And then next thing you know, I get that letter in the mail and they're already closed. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I they wanted me to come happened. in like two days and they said, oh, yeah, come in on a Saturday and we'll get it all looked at and blah, blah, blah. And then uh, I'm like, well, I work on Saturdays, so I need a little more notice. So I'll get back to you on Monday. And then, uh, so I called them. That's when they're like, yeah, we don't know what's going on. I said, do you want me to come in? You want me to, do I wait for your call? What? Oh, yeah, just wait for your call because we really don't know what's going on right wow. now. Wow. Yeah. And then I got a letter and email. Of course, if you call it now, it's already done. So Now, was this, wow. d- for this quote unquote dentist, did you like go to some guy's garage? <laughs> no, no, no. This is a <laughs> nonprofit organization. A nonprofit organization. Okay. <laughs> That's all you had to say. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, man. When I go into a dentist's office, I want to hear music. I want to see attractive young ladies walking around, look like they know what they're doing. I want to see all the tools and the face masks and the dis. I want to, I want that dentist's office smell. Orthodox. Whatever. Yeah. Now, whatever you want to call. It. I want that. I want that smell. It lets me know things are happening. You know what I mean? <laughs> if I go in there and there's like heavy metal music playing. Eh. Oh, you'd be no. right all up. No, 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 no. <laughs> if I go in and there's a guy with a neck tattoo behind the counter, eh, I'm moving on. I'm going I'm, I'm going to move on down the road. I don't care how cheap he'll do it for. I'm headed down the road, man. Nonprofit dentist, my ass. 
Gee, do, you want, do you want me to take those braces off for you? No, I'm good. I'll do it. <laughs> I, I can do it. We can do it. Uh, <laughs> right in the garage. Let's have go. another <laughs> shot. We'll knock this shit. We'll have you up and running in no time. Yeah, you got chisel and a hammer. Uh, fuck yeah. <laughs> All right, you goddamn maniacs. Uh, we got two weeks worth of show to catch up on. We got listener mail. We got horror news. We got all the usual shenanigans. We even are going to start it off with a little horror news, buddy. (laughs) Horror news. Uh, Monica showed up with a (laughs) post-it note. Okay, I, that's I, all she's got. She left her book at I, home, so she comes into my house today with a post-it note, and she's like, I'm worthless. I, I have no news. I, I don't remember anything. I don't know what I'm doing here. I have a post-it note. I, lo- I, I looked at the post-it note. It's just a bunch of numbers on it. I don't know. I don't think it even has anything to do with I anything. I felt so bad that I forgot it, so I was like trying to bust out a movie, you know, for my Who Am I? And I'm like, why am I going to do this? Because I don't even remember the movie before. I don't either. For the clues. I so don't either. I don't remember I apologize. We'll just I, continue that next week. We're it just will g- return next We're going to cancel week. that one. <laughs> yeah. I will come up with uh, educating Miss Monica, <laughs> but it's going to be very easy, and it's probably going to be a movie that I can see somewhere in this room. <laughs> so just so you know. All right. Anyway, Monica's got a Buddy, you got anything on the horror news? Let me go. Yeah. So Netflix has ordered a six-part supernatural horror series called Equinox. Ooh. Yeah, based on the Danish podcast Equinox 1985, Netflix has ordered up a new six-part supernatural horror series from creator Tia Lindenberg titled Equinox. Equinox takes place in Denmark and follows a woman named Anna who was traumatized by the mysterious disappearance of school class in 1999 when she was 10. 20 years later, Anna sets off to discover what happened to the class when she finds out that the only survivor from 1999 mysteriously died. The character-driven series toggles between 1999 and the present time. So, yeah. All right. Sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, check out a new shot of Kristen Stewart in next year's horror film, Underwater. I have been flirting. I've, I know I've seen some, some shots of uh, Kristen Stewart underwater. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to have sex with Kristen Stewart. I'll go ahead and put that out there. Um, in this one, she looks a little haggard. Yeah, yeah. I'll still bang her. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, it's a deep sea creature. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then in the film, crew of underwater researchers must scramble to safety after an earthquake devastates their subterranean laboratory. After digging, something has awakened. Uh, Vincent Castle and John Gallagher Jr. star alongside her. Underwater hits theaters January 10th next year. No, no hurry on that one. Yeah, but yeah, she doesn't look too good at all. I know. Well, you know, she does have a shaved head, and that's something that you like. I am. I'm wanting to try out on a young lady. Just she wouldn't have you though. No, she wouldn't. I don't. I'm not. uh, You know, I'm not pale enough. Oh no, not, she is gay. Oh, is she? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, oh, oh I love seeing pictures of her and her girlfriend. What does her girlfriend look like? I'll bring it up. I thought she was like involved with Robert Pattinson. No, well, after that, she went the other way. That he'll do that to you, man. <laughs> well, no, he'll do that, that. She went for like the director of some movie. I'm sure she did. Yeah, no, she is. Uh, uh, yeah, she's. Is that? Let's see. Is that her girlfriend? Her and her she, girlfriend? Yeah. Oh, well, she's Wait. all right too. She, I just love I like seeing them both. these two. I like, I like them both. <laughs> she looks so like 
ridiculous when she's out and about because i almost like, looks like miley cyrus <laughs> yeah you know they, she, um, no that's you what know happens who she looks like she looks like uh, macaulay macaulay, macaulay culkin. Culkin. Yeah, every time <laughs> yeah. i see her i'm pretty <laughs> i'm pretty sure macaulay culkin is a lesbian to be honest with you <laughs> that's yeah. who i see i i could see that yeah <clears throat> anything else Due to licensing issues, NECA has canceled Toonie Terror's NES Jason Voorhees and Freddy Krueger figures. Uh, well, it was good, too good to be true. It was too good to be true. After the sneak reveal on Friday the 13th, people who pre-ordered the Toonie Terror's NES versions of Jesse, Jason and Freddy have been receiving cancellation emails stating that NECA is unable to offer the figures reported by Toy Arc. NEC has in turn removed all mention of the figures from their website and socials. As you may recall, due to the ongoing issues resulting from Sean Cunningham's lawsuit over the rights to Friday the 13th, and now with the recent troubles with NECA and the Aid Nightmare on Elm Street license, there was a hold put on Freddy and Jason merchandise. NECA's Randy Falk stated that these figures had been approved in 2018 before this nonsense began, but it seems that even these figures are at the mercy of the law. No word yet when or if these figures will be available, but it looks as though the upcoming Part 5, Roy, and 8 clothing new Nightmare Freddy figures are the last we'll be seeing for quite some time. Well, you know, I'm all right with that. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, there is a licensing issue going on Mm -hmm. with these guys because that shirt that I got you, I went to return it, and I wanted, you know, a bigger size, and mm-hmm. they, they pulled every shirt off the shelf. They're wow. All, they're all, sorry, we can't put anything out till they get the Oh, oh that's crazy. Out. Wow. I'm like, oh, shit. With Freddie or Jason, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Well, I'm okay with that. Let's be honest. We've had, we, we've had a, a pretty good, what has it been, like 40 years now? 20 years, 30 years? Yeah. But what's the big deal? It's just a shirt. Well, you the know? toys too, you know, oh, and the video yeah. games and the all that that shit. Video games, I kind of get, you know, it's a little more involved with it. But right, I mean, what's what's with the toys? Ne- tattoos are going to be the next thing. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm in big trouble. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to need a recall. Do you have a list. copyright on that jigsaw <laughs> tattoo, young man? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I don't have any money. What do you want me to do? That's all I got. What do you got? Oh, let's take a look here. Are you guys ready for this upcoming stand, the stand adaptation situation? It's going to be on this CBS uh, All Access. Yes and no. Uh, Whatever the fuck. I don't don't really care. Uh, Good news, though. Alexander Skarsgård. Yeah. Cast as Randall Flagg. I'm all right with that. I like it. I like him. Um... I don't know. I've never. I've, I know you guys have never read the book, right? Uh-uh. Uh, what'd you get, think of the, the the 1990 version? I really liked it. I liked it. I was all right with it. I was. Mm-hmm. I prefer the first half to the second half, but um, I'm. I like. You need. You need like a charismatic type of a dude. Yeah. To play Randall Flagg, mm-hmm. I have a hard time seeing Alexander Skarsgård as charismatic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did you watch I, True Blood? I did. He was basically a statue in that entire series. Am I wrong? I mean, he looked good with a shirt off. Handsome devil. Yeah. Can't go. Can't, but as far as like. He's like that in all his movies. He just. Yeah, he's like a statue, really. I, I never watched him in that Tarzan. Me neither. Uh, he was in a movie called Melancholia, another Lars von Trier epic. But it oh, was. He was in that mute movie, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Same yeah. thing. They didn't even talk in that one. He's like a fucking statue, <laughs> yeah. dude. You know? 
But in uh, Melancholia, he actually plays like a normal guy getting married. It's so weird seeing him smile because you never see him smile. Right. But he's like happy and dancing and stuff. You're like, ooh, who's this fucking guy? Hmm. Anyway, something to think about. Images are up along with trailers for um, Castle Rock uh, Season 2. Oh, okay. Now this one, follow me on this. It's a completely different story. We're going to follow a young Annie Wilkes, who you'll remember as the, the character from Misery. Yeah. Played by Lizzie Kaplan. Lizzie, did that, ring, that name ring any bells? Mm-mm. Um, Cloverfield, uh, True Blood, season oh, two. Okay. Um, what else? Uh, that that movie we watched with uh, where they're all robots and you think they're being invaded by aliens, but at the end you find out they're humans. What was that fucking movie? Oh, that was a good movie. It was a good I show. Think of that one. Uh, she was in that one. She looks. She you can see her naked in True Blood season two, and that is a sight to see, my friends. Uh, anyway, she is going to be portraying a young Annie Wilkes in Hulu's um, Castle Rock Season 2. Now, it oh. looks like this is, uh, from the trailers I watched, this looks like it's going to be a completely different storyline. Because the, the trailers don't have any of uh, Bill, Bill Skarsgård oh. in it. So, and it, it I, don't, I don't know what they're doing, man. Are they going with a completely... Is he even hmm. in Part 2? I didn't, I didn't see him in any of the trailers. Oh, okay. I don't know. I don't know what we're doing here. Looks good. Either way. Hmm. Uh, here's some interesting news. Sylvester Stallone mm-hmm. and Robert Rodriguez are in talks to revive Cobra. Yeah. <laughs> I read that. <laughs> yeah, it's bound to happen. Why not? <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what, man. With uh, Rambo coming out. And you know what? Let's just add another one. I mean, we're just cranking back all yeah. the old 80s crap, so we might as well throw Cobra in there. Yeah, yeah. Which one was the one I brought up the show before he was in cahoots with? That was another old movie too, right? Or yeah. Part two? I don't remember. Oh, fuck. I it may, it might, might have been, been this one, now that I think. It might have been Cobra. Might have been. Okay. But... Uh, what I like, the, the, really, the only redeemable quality of Cobra was that weird thrill kill cult yeah. that he was uh, battling against. Mm-hmm. Those guys were badass. Yeah, they were. They'd come out with their axes and their swords and bang them together. Mm-hmm. Woo! Yeah, you don't want to fuck with that no. guy. No, whatever his <laughs> he he was like the villain in every third yeah, '80s movie. Whoever scary. that guy was, <laughs> Fright Night Two. He was in. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I don't. I, I don't know. He had a hell of a jawline on him. Whatever his name was. <laughs> Uh, what else we got here? Looks like Netflix has confirmed an October fourth release for In the Tall Grass. You guys ready for this one? Yeah, I am actually. I've read the book. It's uh, it's pretty, it's a pretty short one. Yeah, but uh, it looks interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm psyched for it. It was a collaboration between Joe Hill and his dad, Stephen King. Mm-hmm. So that's something to think about. Uh, the Friday the Thirteenth fan film. Here comes the night. Yeah, that. What's his name? Oh, I think it was Brian Thompson. That sounds about right. He uh, he didn't look too good in that picture. No, he doesn't. He's got like a quadruple chin. Woo! Banging. Uh, Friday the 13th fan film, Here Comes the Night, was released to YouTube earlier this week. Oh. Haven't seen it, but uh, I don't know. Here Comes the Night, okay. If it's, if it's anything in comparison to uh, Don't Never Hike Alone, was that oh, what it was called? Oh, yeah. That was a good one. That yeah. was good. Maybe we should uh, throw that up on the On side. the page? Yeah. We'll do that. Let's we'll do put that. it up there. And that, my friends, is all we have on the horror news. How about a little listen to mail? Oh, yeah.
Listener mail. Uh-huh. Emails, voicemails, all kinds of fun stuff. Let's start it off with our old friend in Sydney, Australia. Here comes Tim. Hey, Tim. Hi, Tim. Tim's in the house. Subject line, Darian is a smug prick. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I mean, that many people can't be wrong, right? <laughs> that seems to be the uh, the popular opinion, Tim. Whatever. Hello, Darian, and maybe others. I don't know who showed up this week, but at least Darian is here. So thank you, Darian, even though you are a smug prick. <laughs> Terradome, I'm taking Leatherface and the Sawyers. All right, that's two for Leatherface and two for the Sawyer family. Very nice. Uh, why, you ask? Because Darian's not, and he seems to hate poor old Leatherface. Anyway, I'm off to watch The Strange Colors of Your Body's Tears, <laughs> since Darian also has a problem with that film as well. Catch you all <laughs> next time. Tim. Bye-bye, Tim. Thanks for writing in, Tim. Thanks, Tim. That's funny. Well... You're good, uh, yeah. You just enjoy that film there, Tim. Right. And while you're at it, don't forget to fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, let's get back to Reno, Nevada. Here comes Sean. Hey, Sean. Hi, Sean. Subject line: Votes and movies. I'll start with my votes for singles. I'm going with Samara. Very good. I think Leatherface is just too dumb to do anything against her. Team's definitely the elite hunting company. The Sawyers would do just fine against regular people, but the elite hunting company is over overly qualified to deal with a group like them i agree with you sean i also had a chance to check out it chapter two this weekend there were a surprising amount of there was a surprising amount of information either omitted or altered for some inexplicable reason from the book but overall it's a pretty great movie and i recommend it i also sat through the entirety of the basement despite that movie having roughly half the total runtime of it chapter two it felt ten times longer. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. I agree, sir. I honestly can't think of one redeeming quality for that movie, so I'm just going to recommend people skip it if they have the option. That's it for me, Sean. That ending, there's your redeemable quality. Oh, yeah. The, the end credits? That's the best part of the movie, I think. <laughs> that one is pretty fucking silly, sir. Mm-hmm. You guys didn't even take a picture of your night. Picture of our night? Yeah, when you guys went out to watch the movie. Oh no, we didn't. That's you. That's his job. Ooh, my job. We yeah, want you're the picture taker, my, my friend. <laughs> Are you guys ready for a blast from the motherfucking past? Oh yeah! Okay. All the way from Bakersfield, California. I give you Tony. Hi, hey, Tony. Tony. Where you been? Yeah, man. What the fuck? Subject line: Being lazy is so much easier than anything else. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Guess who's back? Technically, I never left. I've always been lurking, hiding in the background, (laughs) listening to your every word. But I did stop writing for a time, and for that, I apologize. After we had our second child in February, things got crazy for a bit. On top of that, I am what can be labeled as a lazy piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) I am in your uh, category there, Tony. Once I stop doing something, it's much easier to continue to not do it than to start again. Now, like much of the chores at the house... I'm going to pretend like none of that happened and move on. <laughs> Darian, you are not wrong about the 70s. With the exception of maybe a dozen or so films over the decade, most of the 70s falls in the bad to barely okay grade. There are some very important horror films from the 70s, but overall a lot of the 70s is meh. Also, Tim only thinks Jaws is the best horror film because it's something that could actually happen to him. 
<laughs> he's yeah. got a point there. Yeah, he does. He's got a point. <laughs> now that I think of it, maybe that is why Monica really likes street trash so much. <laughs> I mean, there is, you know, there's a lot to be said for that four loco crap. <laughs> for the Terra Dome, I'm going to take some Mara in singles for the supernatural reasons. That a boy, Tony. Uh, for teams, though, I'll take the Sawyer family. Reason is this. The family are, for the most part, homebodies. Aside from the slaughterhouse and picking off random hippies, they don't go anywhere. The company is going to have to go to the Sawyer homestead. Does that sound like a place you want to visit? Not only that, but the EHC isn't going after backpacking Americans in a foreign country. Each member of the family is a ruthless, sick serial murderer. Chop Top, the cook, text, tinker, fucking old-ass grandpa. Their guys are very hard to kill. The hitchhiker actually manages to kill Jason Voorhees in the Leatherface versus Jason Comics. The Elite Hunting Company is in for a fight. They have to visit the Sawyer Farm. All right, well, I understand the logic there. Finally, two films that I saw recently, Crawl, was better than expected. Alligators are no joke. Definitely would watch this again before the Meg or the sci-fi or any sci-fi shark movie. The other film I just watched was the Banana Splits movie. <laughs> I'm not old like Darian, so I don't have any memory or feelings for the Banana Splits cartoon slash show. But this movie wasn't that bad. It kind of felt like a more gory Killer Clowns movie. It is also worth a watch. Hmm. Okay, enough for now. Until next time, Tony. Thanks, Bye, Tony. Tony. Good to have you back, Tony. Mm-hmm. Let's get right back to Reno, Nevada. Here comes Violet. Hey, Violet. Hi, Violet. Subject line, Terra Dome. Hey, guys, I know it's been a while, and no, it's not because Buddy is there that I'm writing in. Of course. Of course she would say that, Monica. Uh-huh. I just decided to make time for the padded room this week, especially after the last episode. last episode, you all alone. By that, she means me. By the way, what does GP'd mean? I think it was Tom Hardy that got GP'd like three times, LOL. Oh, yeah. Well, it's a historical reference, uh, Violet. Uh, We used to have a caller, dearly beloved caller, who would call him every week and would almost assuredly, for whatever reason, get hung up on by our voicemail. During a rant. During a very long (laughs) and usually very irate rant. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, he, He went by the initials GP for great. Gracie's Poppy. Well, his daughter's name was Gracie. Um, and then he would call back and be like, so we just eventually came to know the, the hanging up of the voicemail on somebody as getting, quote unquote, GP'd. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, GP passed away about a year and a half ago. About a year ago, actually, wasn't it? Yeah. It was in July. Two years ago? About two years ago, he passed away. Uh, but his daughter, Sarah, has her own show here on the network. You can check that out. It's called Dark History. So there's that. Um, anyhow, my votes. I don't have much to add to what Darian said, except that Samara is dead, right? I'm not sure Leatherface has much of a chance, even if he was smarter. I don't think a chainsaw can defeat the supernatural. You're exactly right, Violet. For teams, the elite hunting, I think that was it. Either way, I probably haven't seen the movie these characters are in, but I figure military train killers can defeat killer hillbillies. LOL. Uh, I think for once, Violet is uh, is applying some logic and not just doing what Buddy tells her to do, which she usually does. <laughs> Those are my votes. She <laughs> capitalized the the my in that sentence. Oh, did she? Yeah, those are my votes. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for writing in, Violet. Bye-bye. <clears throat> Thanks, Violet. 
Alrighty, we got a voicemail here from the monster energy of people that call into the podcast. All the way from Muggo. <laughs> Muggo. <laughs> Muggy, disgusting Alabama. Here comes Alan. Alan Jaja. Woo! Hi, Alan. What's going on, Alan? Added room. What's up? What's up, Alan? This is the uh, 357 Magnum of people that call into your podcast. Okay. I hope everybody's doing good. Hope everybody's back. We made it. Uh, Gary and the Solo Show was good. Well, thank like you. I've always enjoyed them. You know, you are in the padded room. The rest is just, uh... Hanger-ons? You know, <laughs> other folks. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> seriously. They're extras. The combination. Anyway, Terradome, I'm going all Sawyers, because, well, I don't like the ring, and, uh, Hostel is it. Uh, that's all I got. Y'all have a good one. Bye. Bye. Very cool. Thanks, Alan. Thanks for calling in, Alan. And that, my friends, is all we have on the listener mail. Uh, let me take a quick peek at the old junk mail. Looks like we got a last-minute vote here from our main man, Lance, in Houston, Texas. He came in on Facebook. He says, I can't get my email. Can I vote this way, Samara? But I want to specify Samara Weaving. So, not Samara from the ring. Samara Weaving from... She's Harley Quinn, isn't she? From uh, anybody? Anybody know? Is, is she the babysitter? The new ba- from the babysitter? No clue. Okay, well we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna count that as for Samara and uh, Elite Hunting Lance. You made it, man. You locked in there. <clears throat> okay. Do you guys have anything for Lance, Alan, Sean, Tim, Tony, or anybody else? Thanks, everybody. Yeah, thanks, everybody, for calling right now. And welcome back, Tony. Yeah, man. Been a while. Thanks for getting back at us. We missed you. Also, Tony contributed five bucks on the old Patreon uh, page. Oh, cool. Which means he is going to get control of November. Oh, boy. We got something special planned for October. So, oh, what? Your birthday month, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. All right, December. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to, Tony, you get control of December, amigo, because Monica, is that's her birthday, so we give her November. Oh, I'm going to make you watch all the things you don't want to watch. Oh, no. (laughs) Uh, You got November. Uh, Tony, Tony, you're being re-gifted November. (laughs) You ready to go live on the uh, Psycho Bunny Death Cult? (laughs) Let's do that, then. Here we go. of the Triffids, when terror reigned from the sky. The day of the Triffids, when the Earth orbits into a nightmare. When the solid world of everyday reality disintegrates. The whole population is driven by fear towards insanity. The day of the Triffids, when destruction closes in from every side. 
sheep line, too? It's going to be starvation, fire, pestilence. Anyone caught in the middle of it doesn't stand a chance. I think we ought to get out of here and go on to Spain. How can you know it's any better there? I don't. It doesn't seem to have any central nervous system. Then how does it move? All plants move. And they don't usually pull themselves out of the ground and chase you. You have never been married? No. Why? I guess I've never been in one spot long enough to get caught. And now you are saddled with a family. It might have its points. The day of the Triffids, when law and order are overwhelmed in an avalanche of terror. That's right, you maniacs. We're talking about Day of the Triffids from 1963. This one is uh, written by Bernard Gordon, directed by Steve Seekley. Stars Howard Keel, Nicole Mori, and Jeanette Scott. What are you doing? Oh, You're freaking me out. Where Where are you going? I was looking for a short. Oh, okay. I don't know. I thought you just didn't want to participate anymore, and you just she's bailing on casually it. making your way out of the show. There we go. Oh, you good now? Would you look at the top? So retarded. Look at this. What did you do? This is how dumb I am. Oh, look at you. Oh, hey, wow. she's over Scott here running around. Already. Your parole officer is watching, by the way. She was very blonde. I don't know if you guys noticed the lustry hair here. All right, so we're talking about Day of the Triffids. Killer plants, you're exactly right, Rebecca. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's got like a uh, a much more um, like metaphysical feel to it, if that makes any sense. <clears throat> so if you guys have seen uh, 28 Days Later, you're going to notice a lot of similarities. 28 Days Later, I think, borrowed a lot from Day of the Triffids, which, uh, I don't, what, you guys aren't seeing that at all? No, explain yourself. Okay, it's got the exact same beats. Uh, guy, guy, sur- guy survives the apocalypse by being incapacitated in a hospital, right? Gets up, starts wandering around looking for survivors, right? Get, runs into the military, who consequently fuck him over, right? But same thing, both movies, right? I was thinking of Walking Dead. Um, yeah, to an extent, that mm-hmm. too. Except it didn't take four months for us to get there right. in uh, Day of the Triffids or 28 Days Later. So our movie starts with a like a, a voiceover type of a thing and a, like a little documentary-style situation where some guy's going to explain to us the origin of the Triffid. Um, I don't know if any of this is true. I don't know anything about plants, to be honest with you. But apparently, uh, in for the context of this story, triffids ori- originated from a meteor crash and have spread since then. So thus, we have terrestrial triffids here on, on the planet Earth. Now, our story is going to pick up during another meteor shower, a very psychedelic one. Yeah. <laughs> Yellows and blues and reds and... Apparently, it's a worldwide meteor shower, too, because we're going to get glimpses of the pyramids, the Statue of Liberty, the Eiffel Tower. That's what meteors sound like, too. I don't know if you guys knew that or not. And uh, we're going to cut to a hospital in London, and that's where our protagonist is laid up. He has had sustained some kind of an eye injury. 
Um, I'm going to say that this is post-World... I mean, it's obviously post-World War II, but for the purposes of the story, it's going to be like right after World War II because apparently this guy is some kind of a fighter pilot. Mm -hmm. He sustained an injury in battle and thus has bandages over his eyes. And he's all pissed off because he doesn't get to see the big meteor shower. And the doctors and the nurses are in there, and they're like, dude, check out the fucking meteor shower. And he's like, I can't. I got goddamn bandages on my eyes. And he turned on the radio, and the guy on the radio is like, this is a once-in-a-lifetime event. Look at the goddamn psychedelic meteor shower. And then uh, he's like, goddamn it, can you just take the bandages off? The doctor's like, no, dude. Got to leave the bandages on. We're going to take them off at 8 a.m. tomorrow morning. You're going to love it then. Uh, sorry, the meteor shower will be over by then, but that's that. they got to stay on until 8 a.m., and I apologize, so that sucks. Uh, but there's a hot little nurse there, and she's kind of you know flirting them up a little bit, so that's great. Um, so while, while that's going on, we're going to cut to a s- unnecessary subplot that is taking place where we have a guy, a guy in an island with his wife. Now, apparently this dude is some kind of a scientist and a bit of an alcoholic, as they say. In a lighthouse. In a lighthouse on an island. Yes, light, uh, a, the, uh, lighthouse on an island, surrounded by the sea, i.e. lots of salt water. That's going to come into play later on in the movie. So he's, uh, he's all bent because he's an alcoholic, and uh, his wife keeps hiding his bottle of booze. Mm-hmm. So now he's really bent. He's like, you know what? I want off this island. It's claustrophobic, and I want to go somewhere where there's, I can just go get a bottle of scotch whenever I want. She's like, dude, you're an alcoholic. We're supposed to be dissecting stingrays uh, right now, and you're not doing it because you're hammered, and oh, you're just being a bitch because you want to get more hammered. And it is cold. Right now? Yeah. No, it is not. It's not cold. I have a we have the window open. <laughs> Say the it's window. boiling hot. Me and Buddy are like crowded around the window trying to get some fresh <laughs> yeah. air. That's Mon- why you see half of me. I'm like, oh, the cool air. Yeah. <laughs> Monica looks like she just got off the slopes for Christ's sake. She's got a ski parker parker on. Parka. Parker? Parka. parka. It's a parka. Green green ba- I'm not touching your I'm not I'm not gonna touch your, your ski parker. <laughs> Whatever you call it. Anyway. Uh, so that's fun. Uh, he's all bent out of shape. So basically, we have if <clears throat> if these if these guys had a psychic little boy with them, they would be the Torrances from The Shining. But uh, he's all fired yeah. up. He's like, you know, what? I'm gonna get out of here. And he's, she's like, all right, dude, all right, whatever the fuck. Uh, there's a ferry coming in the morning. We'll get on the ferry. Uh, we're just gonna abandon all of our equipment, our research. We're gonna abandon everything so you can go be a drunk. Like you are somewhere else, and I'm going to follow you because I'm your fucking wife, and this really sucks for me. But she reluctantly decides to go along with it. Now, uh, that was happening while the the uh, meteor shower was going on, so that's all well and good. Mm-hmm. From there, we're going to cut to the next morning. Well, actually, first we're going to cut to the Royal Botanical Gardens, which... I guess is some kind of a big deal atrium type of a situation there in London. And we get a cute little situation where um, the the night security guard is uh, like being stalked around by a killer plant. Uh, was it just me or did the Triffids make like diarrhea noises as they were moving around? Did they you get it? They were like... Yeah. <laughs> They're not sneaking up on anybody like that. No. Uh, either there's a killer plan outside or my old buddy Dale is here to see me. Either way, I'm not letting them in. So I don't know what's going on. I think it was just 
Or maybe they ate a lot of bad food or something. I don't know, but it's they're making a lot of weird noises. Science plus island equals disaster. You're exactly right, Rebecca. And on a global scale this time. So there's that. Uh, so that's pretty gnarly. We're going to cut. He basically gets stalked around the atrium by this killer Triffid. Uh, the Triffids, as portrayed in this movie, look like... Um, how would you describe them? They look like... Uh, They look like dime store versions of, um, what was her name? Betsy? Betty? From Little Shop of Horrors? Like, very cheap versions of that. Uh, Yeah, exactly. But mounted in shopping carts with people making fart noises behind them. So, there's that. Uh, So, he eventually gets cornered by the Triffid, and then it, like... It's got like these big stupid tendril things, and they yeah. just kind of whack him around a little bit. But then he turns green, which apparently is a thing, and then they kind of give him a bear hug, and then like the the main bud thing, like comes on his head and like, rah, 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 and then he's dead. So the Triffid ate the uh, the the security guard. I'm sorry, security guard, but you are a casualty number one, as they say. From there, we're going to go to the next morning. And our uh, protagonist, guy by the name of Jim, is uh, he's waking up, and it's now 9 o'clock. We know that because we can hear the Tower of London outside chime nine times. Mm -hmm. And he's, like, counting the chimes. One, two, three, seven, eight, nine. Oh, shit, it's 9 o'clock. I'm late for my bandage removal. So he wakes up. He still can't see a fucking thing, mind you. So he's like, "Uh, okay, I'm ready. Let's get this fucking Band-Aid off my eyes. Starts looking. Well, not looking around, but he's like, where? Anybody? Anybody? Now, we're cutting to 28 days later, where the uh, hospital is completely abandoned and wrecked to shit. There's, like, overturned carts and things. Aren't those the ones you can see the zippers in the back? Yeah, pretty much, Odd Mother. You, uh, some crappy costuming going on here. But it's 1963. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's tantamount to a Godzilla type of a situation. Um, so now he wakes up and he's like, where the fuck is everybody? Starts walking around the hallways. Hello? Hello, anybody? Ah. Finally, he's like, ah, shit, I'm just going to take the fucking band-aids off. They were supposed to come off an hour ago anyway. Takes the band-aids off, a uh, little blurry for a second, and he like starts to focus. Time, of course, his eyes are okay, which is great. So now he's walking around the hospital. He starts hearing screaming from various rooms. Eventually, he comes across his doctor who we can tell right off the get-go, this dude is either high or drunk or, in this case, blind, Uh, you know. So he's, like, just standing in the hallway, and he's like, hey, Dr. Smitty, where the fuck, man? You were supposed to come take my Band-Aids off. What the hell's going on? Was there a party in here or something? And he's like, I need you to come to my office and do an examination on me. And he's like, wait a minute, man. You're the doctor. I'm the patient. That's not how any of this works. That's not how this works, Monica. I know. Doctor, patient, what am I examining you for? And he's like, just come up here. So they go up to his office, and he does like a quick ocular examination on him. Takes the little pen light, sticks it in his eye. Eyes aren't dilating, and the doctor's like, just as I suspected, the ocular nerves have been completely destroyed. And he's like... What the fuck happened? What? What do you? You just went blind overnight? What are you talking about? He's like, it was the meteor shower. Meteor shower, you see, the uh, effects of the radiation or whatever. So while he's doing that, he's like, okay, I need you to go into my office and get the little black satchel in my uh, desk. So Jim leaves the room, goes and looks around in the doctor's office. 
He's like, hey, where's the fucking satchel? I don't see anything. While he's gone, the doctor just gets up and launches himself right out the window. Boom! Commits suicide. Yeah. What a punk ass. Why? Come on. You're the only doctor. You know, you could at least... But you got a dude right here who can see, so he can, like, you can walk him around. He can, you know, I'll walk you through some shit, right? Your fucking microphone has not been on this entire time, sweetie. <laughs> oh, my God, oh, I'm so blonde God. today. <laughs> Look at that. Is yours on, buddy? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce you to my co-host, Miss Monica. She actually, she's like a phantom here in the in the studio. Oh no! Somebody's got some editing to do after the show. Good thing I didn't say too much. No, you didn't say anything, so we got that going for us. Uh, anyway, so uh, there's that. He's like, oh fuck! Now we go right back to twenty eight days later mode, where he just kind of gets out and starts wandering around the streets of London, which are now deserted and look like a bomb went off. Mm-hmm. You sound like riffraff when you do that. Oh, yeah. I can see that, Natalie. It's astounding. Anyway, um, so he's walking right now. There's there's like survivors, though. So I guess we're a little bit away from 28 Days Later like that because uh, in this one, there's actually survivors walking around, mm-hmm. but they're all blind is the yeah. problem. And they're like, you know, feeling around, trying to get it. You know, what's going on? I don't know. Uh, he goes to the train station because he wants to get back to his ship, I guess, which is in the, uh, I don't know, off the harbor or something like that. So goes in there. Uh, he's like, hey, uh, when's the next train coming in? And the guy behind the counter is like, uh, I, I don't know. I, I can't see anything. I don't know what I'm doing. Can you can you see? Can you help me? And then a big crowd starts to circle this guy. He's like, oh, my God, can you see? Yes. Will you call my wife for me? Will you take me to get a cab? Will you? He's like, oh, whoa, hey, 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 everybody just calm down. Uh, apparently, everybody here except for me is blind all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And so probably no cabs. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I'll call your wife. I don't know where she's at, but whatever the hell. And, you know, he's starting to, get, like, really get mobbed on. So they're like, get the food. All right, give me some space, would you, you fucking assholes? Um, oh, Lord, Night of the Blind Folk. <laughs> yeah, that would be a pretty close to it. Uh, so he's like, God, give me some room. Goes out to the train platform where a train, like, it. De- I, I guess it derails. I think it was supposed to stop, but it just kept going or something. Mm-hmm. But there's, like, yeah. a train accident. At the train station. And uh, eventually, the, it like screeches to a halt, and people start piling out of the cars. All, the, oh all these motherfuckers are blind. Hey, Jim's in the house. Hey, How Jim. much do each of you charge for autographs? I'll pay you. I'll pay you, Jim. You want my autograph? I'll give you five bucks. I'll give you five dollars. How about that? Uh, anyway... All these all these blind people start coming out, and uh, you know it's like a big mob, and they're all trying, you know, feeling each around, trying to find what the fuck's going on. Uh, one little girl comes out, and she can plainly see, and she's like, "Oh, get off me!" And then everybody's like, "Oh my god, she can see!" Some fat guy just like a like grabs her, and she's like, "You're coming with me, young lady!" And she's like, "No, get off me!" Now Jim sees this, and the little girl sees him, and he's like, it, it, it. "So the fat guy like is pushing the little girl towards Jim." And Jim's like, oh, I got you. So he grabs the girl away from the fat guy, and he's like, hey, go fuck yourself. And he's like, no, I need that girl. And he takes a swing at him. But, you know, the guy's blind. So Jim just kind of, like, walks away from him. Mm-hmm. And then that's pretty much that. 
So mm-hmm. now Jim has a survivor with this little girl. So from there, they start walking. Again, London is deserted and a giant disaster, and there's blind people staggering around all, the, all, the, all over the place. And this is where we come to another Triffid. This motherfucker in the park, um, it's, a triffid, it's a big Triffid. It's the big, tall. These things are tall. They got like uh, seven, eight feet on them. And uh, this fucking thing eats a dog in front of Jim and uh, uh, what's her name? What was it? The girl's name? Karen, I think. Karen. Yeah, Jim and Karen. So that sucks. And they're like, what the fuck was that? The fucking plant just ate a dog. Yeah. Yeah. And then the thing starts, you know, making the diarrhea noises and like, like squish, like (laughs) blobbing towards them. So it's, these things don't move that fast though. So that's cool. So they're like. Fuck this thing right off. Let's get out of here. So they leisurely walk away from the Triffid, as they should. And then uh, they start. They keep walking, and this thing's like... <laughs> coming after them. Uh, eventually, they get to the Bridge of London, where they find a car that's halfway usable. So they get in the car. Now we're right back to 28 days later, because now we have the big car scene where they have to go through the London Tunnel, which they do. They don't get stuck in the London Tunnel like Jim and his survivors did in 28 days later, though. They actually make it through... Uh, where when they come out on the other side, though, there's a really thick fog. And now we're going to cut, right about now is when we cut back to our friends in the lighthouse. Uh, these two are doing a pretty good job of just fighting and arguing the whole time, yeah. but it's the next morning now, and they're expecting a ferry to come pick them up so El Drunkarino over there can go get get himself some more booze. <laughs> so they uh, they go rolling out to the uh, the pier or whatever, whatever lighthouses have in ways of exits, uh, and they're expecting a ferry to come get them, and there's no fucking ferry. So they got their dra- their bags packed, and they're like, the fucking ferry, I don't know. So they go back inside, and they're trying to like listen to the radio. They're trying to call people. Nobody's answering, of course. Mm-hmm. So they're getting the idea that something foul may be afoot in jolly old England, and they are correct, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. So now they're starting to get a little worried. Now we're going to cut back to Jim and Karen. They're cruising along. Uh, the fog gets really thick, and eventually their car gets stopped. Uh, I think there was like a big blockage in the road or something like that, but they're like, oh, shit. So they get out. They're thinking they're going to clear the blockage, must like uh, 28 days later. But while they're out there trying to clear the blockage, they get accosted again by more Triffids. And this time they have to make the snap decision, much just like 28 days later, that they have to abandon said vehicle and just take it on foot because they can't be fucking around or they're going to get eaten by the diarrhea Triffids. So they're like, well, I mean, we got some time. These motherfuckers ain't moving fast at all. We can hear them coming through the fog so we know which way they're coming. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what, uh, let's just leave the car. We'll just... I mean, they're clearly coming from this direction. We'll head off that way, see what happens. So that's what they do. Uh, they get walking through the fog. They're doing fine. Um, more triffids, more bullshit. Now we're going to cut to some pretty heavy stuff, okay? Uh, we didn't get any of this in 28, 28 days later, but we get it here. Um, we're going to start off with a cruise ship, I believe, that's out at yeah. sea. And uh, everybody on the fucking cruise ship is blind. Mm-hmm. And that really sucks. <laughs> uh, so, oh, fuck. And uh, I imagine those vending machines are going to get some serious thrashings. Uh, but the captain just keeps coming over the loudspeaker and he's like, uh, so everything's fine. Uh, we're, do- we're doing pretty good. Um, hey, uh, you know how I'm, like you. You guys can, like, see stuff, right? Can any of you guys see stuff? Because, uh, no, no, not that there's any problems, but, uh, just wondering, 
Uh, if any of you guys can see anything, we'd really appreciate it if you'd come on up and, you know, come come hang out with us here at the bridge. <laughs> Help us. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Also, while that's going on, some more bullshit. There's a plane flying yeah. completely blind around London. And uh, the pilots are blind. The, what do you call them, steward, stewardesses, whatever they are, they're all blind. The passengers are all blind. So, again, we have the captain coming over the loudspeaker. Uh... Yeah, everything everything's good. Uh, we're gonna be landing here pretty soon. Um, uh, 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 quick raise of hands. Any of you guys see anything right now? Like anything at all? Any anybody? And while that's going on, of course, the co-pilot is trying to get somebody on the old uh, radio. Con- uh, what do you uh, aircraft air traffic control? Hey, uh, you guys want to walk us through this because we can't see anything all of a sudden, and we don't know what the fuck is going on anymore. And I think we might be running out of gas too. So. Yeah. Yeah. Give us some directions, or I don't. I, I, I can't. I can't see. I'll be. I can't see anything. I can't see a fucking thing. Of course, nobody's answering. Uh, nobody can see anything. The people at the air traffic control center can't see anything <laughs> either. So, of course, the plane does a nosedive and blows up in the middle of London <laughs> with women and children aboard. That's that's a little heavy for 1963, dude. I wouldn't. I was. Thinking maybe I don't they do like a landing in a field or something, but no, boom! They started a riot in the plane. Woo, yeah, the pa- passengers are like, the fucking captain can't see either. You didn't tell us that shit. So they try. I don't know what they thought they were going to accomplish. They all like rush towards the cockpit, like, well, like, like they're going to jump. Down. Yeah. Okay. Let's all thirty nine of us get in here. I'm sure we can figure something out. Pick that pilot's ass. Yeah, I'm going to beat him up. <laughs> Blind son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's pretty that's pretty heavy man i was like oh god we didn't need to see that uh but we got to see it that really sucked uh now we're going to cut back to uh jim and karen they're still wandering through the fog everything's cool uh periodically they're getting you know hearing the diarrhea sounds from the fog i.e triffids are out there uh eventually they run into somebody just kind of mosey some like a, it was like a uh a younger lady and a and a like a teenage girl, and they're moseying mm-hmm. through the fog also. And they're like, "Oh my God! Thank God you're here. We, uh, Mr. Coker, sent you, right?" And they're like, "No, actually, we're lost, and we want to. Uh, I don't know. We're hoping maybe you know where we are." And they're like, "Wait a minute! You guys can see stuff." And they're like, "Hey, you guys can see stuff too!" Woohoo! And they're like, yeah, okay, we got like a like a little makeshift hospital going on for people that can see stuff. Mm-hmm. So why don't you come on back with us? We'll get you at least a hot meal and a place to sleep for tonight. So they go back there, and this is where we're right back in 28 Days Later land because now we're going to a quote-unquote military. Well, it's not really a military installation yet, but it's going to get there that way very soon. It's like a... Um, it's like a um, it's like a Swiss chalet kind of a thing. Yeah, because uh, the lady lived there. Yeah, and we're in France now, by the way. Mm-hmm. Somehow we got off out of England and into France, which England is an island, is it not? So, I mean, they did cross the London Bridge. I didn't see them cross any other bridges. Yeah, they didn't. Yeah, how did they get there? They swam. They swam it. They swam. They swam the English. They swam the English Channel. That's <laughs> what it was. They swam the English. You didn't. They toweled off on the other side. That's why they weren't wet. So they, they clearly swam there the English Channel. There was a channel. secret road built. That's what it was. Connected. There's a uh, there's a zip line. Is what it, there's you zip right across there. I never even thought of that. I noticed uh, it. I got a nitpick this I, movie. That <laughs> just occurred to me right now. Suddenly they're in France. No explanation. They're on. I don't know, whatever the fuck. I don't care. Anyway, they're in France now, and they're at this French. Uh, <laughs> 
chalet kind of a thing. It's a big French house. And they're like, hey, this is our makeshift house. Come on in here. So we have like uh, three people here that can see, the Cokers who live there. Uh, and then we got like a gaggle of blind people that they're trying to help out while they're there on the cruise ship. I didn't see them get on the cruise ship, Odd Mother. I don't know. Uh, you could be right, though. What, I would hate to think that they got on the cruise ship and then did absolutely nothing to help the people on the cruise ship except to get off in France. Yeah, yeah, they never got on the ship. I don't remember that. If they did and they didn't help those people, then they're fucking assholes. Did they take the train? No. No, oh, no they couldn't yeah, get on yeah, the train because it crashed. Yeah. I don't know, man. Anyway, they're in France. That's all that matters, okay? <laughs> so uh, they're there and they're helping helping these people out. There's there's a very hot chick there that's clearly interested in Jim. Her name's Patina Patima. Uh, she's Italian, and that is okay. And uh, you know, she's getting like a little friendship going with um, what's her name there, uh, Karen. Mm-hmm. And Patima has some some news that apparently there is a French air base. Oddly enough, named Toulon. A uh, little, little nugget there <laughs> yeah. for you. Uh, and they think that that military installation is still uh, functioning and can provide safety for, for anybody that gets over there. So now they have like a destination. They want to get to the air base at Toulon to, you know, maybe they can figure something out from there. So uh, the next day rolls around. Uh, Karen's got like a kind of a younger sister relationship with Bettina, so... Jim decides they're going to hang out for a little bit, you know, see if they can help these guys out before they take off again. So uh, they're outside, they're cruising around, and we see a plane fly over, mm-hmm. except it goes over and then it crashes right into the dirt. Mm-hmm. So they're like, oh, fuck, what happened there? So they go after the wreckage, and they're like, hey, man, uh, they find the pilot. He's on the, the verge of death, and they're like, hey, what's going on? And he's like, I came from too long. And they're like, is the base okay? And he's like, yeah, I think so. And then he dies. Was it just me or was he wearing a Nazi uniform? It looked like he was wearing a Nazi. I don't know. I don't know if we should trust this dude. I'll tell you right now. I don't know what his plans are, but that. Everything is great. You you have the tickets and the peppers. It's very strange, but uh, they're like, oh, okay, perfect. But while they're there talking to this half-dead Nazi, uh, they hear all the, the diarrhea noises in the in the woods around there. And they're like, okay, everybody be quiet. We've got the triffids are coming. And they see like three or four triffids just diarrhea their way past, not even paying attention to them. They go to like a weird pit that's just over the ridge where they find like thousands of baby triffids, like just yeah. gestating there. And they're like, oh, shit. So, uh, apparently, for a full-grown triffid, it only takes about 24 hours, So, which means we have about 24 hours to evacuate, evacuate the chalet for these motherfuckers turn into the big triffids, and we have a serious problem on our hands. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, shit. So, they go hauling ass back to the chalet to get everybody mobilized. Unfortunately, somebody else got there first. This is where our military assholes from 28 Days Later come into play. Um, to be fair, though, these military assholes seem like they were they were okay. I mean, other than partying and dancing, yeah, they got a little rapey for a second there. Yeah, it, it was. They, give them another hour or two. I think we were headed straight to uh, date rape town. <laughs> Dude, you can't be raping blind women. You know, I mean, that's like that's like a whole other level of shitty things to do. <laughs> I mean, rape is bad. Raping handicapped people. No way. <laughs> no way. So uh, they get back to the chalet. Now there's like a full party going on. There's like 50 people there all of a sudden. A lot of them are wearing like military uniforms. So they're like, oh, sweet. They came to rescue us. They go in there and 
Fatima comes rolling out. She's like, I don't think they're military. I think they're ex-convicts or something with military uniforms. <laughs> but they brought chicks with them too. So, because there's like chicks, like chicks that can see, and they're all dancing on tables and stuff. I'm like, I'm good, man. I, we can hang with these dudes, but uh, they don't know. And to be a few of them do get a little rapey with the blind ladies. Uh, one of them is like trying to shove one into a, a room, and she's like struggling. And then Jim shows up and knocks that guy out. Another one's like trying to drag one upstairs. He's got to knock that dude out. Saves Patima from these clowns. Uh, unfortunately, there he gets Karen out of there. Gets her in a in one of the vehicles. He's like, okay, we got to get out of here. I'm gonna go see if I can get a few of the others. Patima on her way out gets surrounded by Triffids and killed. Now the Triffids have fully gestated to their seven eight foot stature and are now surrounding the building mm-hmm. and coming through the windows. Good news, uh, Jim, Karen, and the weird house mom lady who is kind of hot, the redhead, whatever her name mm-hmm. was, they make it out. They're the only survivors. Uh, they go hauling ass out of there, and they're all good. Uh, the rest of everybody in the house gets like the, the triffids come through the windows and the doors. And they're all shooting at the triffids, and nothing's, nothing's helping at all. Now we're going to cut back to our friends at the lighthouse. Mm-hmm. Now, to be fair, I've glazed over our friends at the lighthouse quite a bit because they are not important they're to just the story. Fighting. That's yeah. all they're doing. And I read in the trivia that uh, all the lighthouse footage crap storyline was added after because uh, once they finished the movie, they only had about 40 minutes. So they just kind of shot this stuff off the cuff just to fluff it up a little bit. Um, they're like uh, still trying to figure out what's going on, where everybody went and all that shit. While they're doing that, a Triffid shows up and tries to break into the lighthouse. Oh, um, How did it show up? It's a fucking good question, man. <laughs> that's a fucking good question. But I, I can't give you an answer. Uh, regardless, they managed to fight it off like with a, I think it was a coat rack or something. Yeah. It was like a weird <laughs> spear thing. Yeah. And here's, he, he, okay, this part doesn't make any sense later in the movie because they like stab it. And then it like goes down, but it doesn't die though. It just kind of loses consciousness or something because later on it escapes. But that later on, that part isn't going to make any sense. I'll get to that in a second. So like what the shit is going on? A plant just came in here, tried to kill me and my wife. I need another drink. Oh shit, we're out of booze. Fucking fuck. So that's pretty stupid. Now we're going to cut back to Rick and Karen, who are our main storyline here. So Rick, Karen, and the school marm lady have made it out of there. Uh, They get a pretty good distance away. Can Triffids do stairs? Not really, Odd Mother. Not Not really. We don't actually get to see them climb anything, because I think for the most part, these things were mounted in shopping carts. So in lieu of climbing plant footage, what we get is like... uh, like tendrils going like around stairs and up like slapping at stairs and stuff like that as if to say they're going up the stairs i don't know man i don't know what's going on anyway um so from there we're going back to rick and karen they go they make it out of france they want to go to spain now because they get to the uh the air base at toulon it's been blown to shit there's like flames and everything there's nobody there it's all fucked like ah shit and their truck is out of gas so they're like fuck now what are we gonna do Mm -hmm. so they just start walking for a little bit and then they come to this weird junkyard slash circus type of a situation Mm -hmm. where they steal an ice cream what i believe to be an ice cream truck i don't know if it was an ice cream truck or not but it had some kind of a loudspeaker on it Mm -hmm. so i don't know what other vehicle has a loud are there other vehicles with loudspeakers 
No, I uh, thought it was ice cream. Ice truck cream truck. Too. Yeah, I'm gonna go ice cream truck on this. Yeah, vote for uh, Arnold Schmeckel for Assembly <laughs> District 12. Arnold Schmeckel. Anyway, <laughs> so so uh, you're welcome, Mr. Schmeckel, for that free publicity. Uh, so they get in that, and you know, he's. Turns on the loudspeaker and he's like, Karen's like, oh, look at this. He's like, turn that shit off, man. It's annoying. So they get in there and they start. Now they want to go to Spain because apparently there's an American air base in Spain. And that one might still be up and running. Mm -hmm. So now we've gone from England to France. Now we're headed to Spain. We're doing a tour of of Europe here. It's very, very fascinating. Uh, So they get going. Uh, They get it across the border into Spain. And the first thing they come to is a, a blind dude out in the middle of the road kind of flagging them down. And they're like, hey, man, you can't be out in the middle of the road. The fucking plants are going to eat you. And he's like, I know. I'm very sorry. I can't see anything. And my wife is pregnant. And he's like, oh, fuck. Really? Now? You got to do this now? Oh, Jesus Christ. All right. All right. Let's go take a look at your pregnant wife. It's going to fuck us all up. So they go to this dude's house. He's, he's, of course, got like a big palatial Spanish estate, which is actually pretty pimp. Uh, his wife is, in fact, pregnant. And by pregnant, I don't mean like five months pregnant or even nine months pregnant. I mean, she's going into labor pretty much as we're pulling into the driveway, mm-hmm. which sucks. And he's like, you can't just leave us here. We've been calling people on the radio. He's like, oh, you got a radio? Yeah, let me see if I can, I can get anybody out there. Triffid Zero Trip. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly right there, Odd Mother. Uh, he's like, oh, well, let me see if I can get anybody on the radio. So he starts calling uh, his American friends at the, the American air base in Spain. And he's like, hey, uh, anybody there? Can you he, he, can, he can hear them, but they can't hear him. Uh, they've got mm-hmm. like a repeating emergency broadcast signal, and they're basically mm-hmm. stating that uh, – they're making their last evacuation the following day at noon. So he needs to they need to get to that air base by noon or they after that everybody's gone and you're on your own. So he's like, "Oh fuck. All right, let's get let's go. We'll go right now." As he turns around, of course, uh, the senior's senorita goes into full-on labor. Like Water breaks, moaning, groaning, all that shit. And she's like, "You can't just leave me. Uh, leave the ladies. They'll help me give birth." And he's like, "Oh fuck." Right now? This has to happen right now. Can we do it in the car? No, no, no. We have to do it here. So he's like, oh, Jesus. Okay. Uh, in the meantime, we hear more of the diarrhea noises coming up and around the hill. Getting closer. Yeah. So he's like, oh, shit. What did-? So they come up with this ingenious scheme that they are going to electrify the fence going around the the casa or whatever you call that. Mm-hmm. So they do that. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Triffids show up. They start getting zapped. <laughs> And, uh, you know, it, it looks like it hurts them. If nothing else, it pisses them off. Yeah. So they, they kind of back up off the fence, but they don't go anywhere. They just stay there. Mm-hmm. So they just kind of plant themselves, no pun intended, for, for that night. And uh, Jim goes out the next morning, and they're all just standing there making the diarrhea noises. So he's like, oh, what the fuck? They haven't moved? They haven't even moved. They're just, sta- they're just standing here. How are we going to get figure this shit out? So uh, while they're while him and Karen are having this conversation out there, they realize that there's a generator going uh, full blast, like right behind them. So he's like, "That turn that thing off. I can't think with that thing." So they go and turn the generator off, and all the triffids just start like dispersing. He's like, "Oh shit!" 
It's the noise. They're attracted to the noise, Monica. It mm-hmm. was the noise the whole time. Yes. He's like, okay, here's what we're going to do. We got about two hours to get to the air base at the Spanish coast. Uh, I'm going to fire up the ice cream truck full blast, and I'm going to go hauling ass down the road. All the Triffids are going to follow me. Mm-hmm. You guys are going to get in uh, Senor yep. Fuego's car, and you know, once they're all gone, then you go hauling ass to the air base as fast as you can. I'm going to loop around and try to meet you at the air base to get on the boat to get the fuck out of here. How does that sound? And they're like, oh, Jim, no, no, Jim, you can't leave us. We have to do this together. We're not going without you. And he's like, just do it, God damn it. So that's exactly what happens. He fires up the loudspeaker, goes tearing off down the road. All the Triffids follow him. Uh, I got to wipe that off now, don't I? So uh, after that, uh, they get in the car and they go lazily cruising down the road. They get into the air base, get rescued, get on the boat and go taking off. Actually, they miss the boat. They have to get into like a canoe and row themselves out to the boat. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim is like quarter three, I don't know, like three quarters of a mile behind him now. And he's got to like whip it around to, you know, catch up to them, hopefully to get on the boat. Uh, he's way, but he makes it to the cliff and he sees them rowing out and he's like, hey, hey, I'm right there. Here I come. I get, that's pretty much the last week. They're like, hey, there he is. That's pretty much the, la- the end of that part of the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the end of yeah. those, that whole storyline. That should have been the end of the movie altogether because right now it's about to get really silly. And that, I thought, I think that would have been a good end to the movie. Yeah. But instead we got to go back to these nutsacks at the lighthouse. Uh, they've been up all night conducting tests on the t- triffid tissue and they find it to be completely impenetrable except for coat racks. If you have a coat rack and you whack one hard enough with it, out like a light. Who'd have thought? While that's going on, they're like, oh, shit, they look down there. The Triffid that they knocked out with the coat rack has regained consciousness and slithered its diarrhea ass right out the door. (laughs) Then they went full Night of the Living Dead on us and boarded everything up, as they should, Mm -hmm. uh, but continued doing their little experiments. Now it's the next morning, and the Triffids outside have had about enough of their bullshit. And now there's like 40 or 50 of them. You're probably wondering how. So are we. So are we, to be honest with you. But, uh... Eventually, they break through the boards, and they're, like, climbing up the stairs to get at them. And in a just a random, you know, act of desperation, the guy, Jack Torrance, grabs a fire hose and, like, starts blasting them down the stairs. Mm-hmm. Once the water hits them, completely dissolves them. Oh, yeah. Salt water. Salt water, by the way, turns them into green slime. Now, you're probably wondering how the fuck they got to the island to begin with. In the middle of the Mediterranean Sea, which is salt water. They were already there, but the the meteor shower brought them to life. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Myst- mystery solved. <laughs> This is, this is why you're on the show, Monica. <laughs> that, this is why uh, the people went blind. The people went blind from the meteor shower. Yeah, right? and then the plants came to life. Only this certain kind of species. The triffids. Yes. But get, being on an island, which is usually comprised entirely of rock, not a lot of topsoil there, uh-huh. in the middle of a saltwater sea, <laughs> just saying... Just saying. <laughs> and that, my friends, is Day of the Triffids from 1963. 
Monica, I picked this movie on your behalf. I because this this is a movie you watched a lot with your dad I as did. a kid, right? Yes, because in Hungary there was a lot of the big sunflower plants. Oh yeah. So they always scared me. And yeah. this movie reminded me of those plants. I could see that. This yeah. one and the other one, uh what was that one where the people were stuck in the house and the plants had overtaken the house? It was an old 50s, 60s movie. Like, uh, it was an anthology one. Are you thinking, you're not thinking of Creepshow? No, it's older than that. Hmm. It's also the one, you know this one, where the voodoo mask comes the to life. The voodoo lie. mask. Well, that was, that was an Elvira movie. No, 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 no. It's, It was in 3D, right? No. The this mask? Is, this is uh, an anthology. Okay. I'll look it up. All right, we'll do some research on that. Yes. There you have it, kids. Uh, it's it's worth a sh- I think it's not a bad show. Be honest with you. Uh, 20, 28 Days Later borrowed heavily from this one, and I didn't realize how heavily until I revisited it this last night. I didn't realize till you pointed it. I was the, just watching the, it. Like, the beats of the plot are pretty much spot on. The ending's a lot chi- a lot more chipper in Day of the Triffids, mm-hmm. but everything else is like, it's almost like they like a paint-by-numbers type of a thing. Yeah. Except I'm much more terrified of infected naked fuckers chasing me around than houseplants. I that, would be too. <laughs> that make, was it Trilogy of Terror? Odd Mother says Trilogy of Terror. No, but I love that one. That's a good one. The, the, ooh, the little African the little doll. Voodoo, uh, oh. That thing was a savage. And Karen Black was rather attractive in her day. Um, and not a bad show, I think. Mm-hmm. I think this one's worth a watch. If you like a post-apocalyptic type of a situation, you'll probably dig this. Um mm-hmm. You know, it it always turns out to be humans that are the biggest assholes in these situations. Mm-hmm. And this one didn't disappoint in that category, tell you that right now. Yeah. What did you guys think? Not too bad. Well, I liked it. Well, of course, Monica. I'll always it. like this. Sentimental yes, value, is, yeah. right? Uh-huh. We're going to finish the podcast first, so we'll come back with some other stuff. G'day, mate. Welcome to Australia. Home of baby-eating dingoes, 100 different animals ready to kill you, Mick Taylor, Mick Dundee, and 20 other guys called Mick. Oh, and the dumbest bloke on planet Earth. I'm Ben, and I'm here to learn about horror films. But fear not, I've come to help this poor special needs kid as I make him sit down and watch some of the greatest and not-so-greatest horror films out there in our podcast, Horror for Dummies. Hooray! So join us every week on the Padded Room Network as we talk about horror films, old and new, and listen to some favorite tracks while we spray some spiders. So the question stands, where the bloody hell are ya? So jump onto your kangaroo and hop on over to the Padded Room Network. Everything repeats. 
today, perhaps you would enjoy some more frights that the Padded Room Network has in store for you. Well, if just by following the links below, you could find yourself in many worlds of horror, including Wicked Wednesdays with Alan and Shelley Easterling, Horror for Dummies with Tim and Jaleesa Davis, 
Who will survive with Paul Stevenson and Marco Pastos? The Resurrection of Zombie 7 Podcast with Ron Martin and Jessica Feeney. Dark History with Sarah Nowinski. Oh, and you cannot forget the Psych Ward with Darian and Mandy. There are so many frights for you that are just waiting a click away. Oh, uh, Igor, c- come closer with that cock monster. My, my anal juice is a... Uh, they're purging too much. Go watch the shows. I mean, listen to them. This is a podcast. You listen. You don't watch. Plug my ass, Igor. I'm making no sense. <laughs> Laugh with me, Igor. Laugh with me. Hey, inmates. If you like what you hear, head over to the Padded Room Facebook group and support us through the patron link with a small monthly donation. Check out the T-Villain link at paddedroom.podbean.com and grab some t-shirts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. And we are back. Oh, God damn it. <clears throat> I'm not afraid of uh, killer plants, buddy. No. Um, I'd like to. I'd like to see a good, scary killer plant movie. Is there a good one? This one. Is, I mean, this one's good, but not for the purposes of the plants. Um, it's not scary, but I, I like the little shop horrors. That's it's, it's a musical. I know, and it's you know it, it's, it's got cool. people falling in love and shit. Um, the dentist rocks. The, oh, you oh you know what's a good a good killer plant movie? Huh. The ruins. Oh yeah, yeah. Boom. Oh. There you go. Does that just blow your mind? That's yeah, a good one. Those plants movie. will fuck you up. Oh, they will yeah. sound like your cell phone, so you think you got a shot at survival. Uh-huh. They'll drag your dead body off into the yeah. shit. And they'll, they even make it sound like people are going, "Hell, hell yeah, come on down. The water's fine. <laughs> You're gonna love it down here. It's a sushi bar. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Fuck that. That's a good one. We should have done that one." <laughs> <laughs> All right, you maniacs. Are you ready to get back into the Terror Dome after a week-long hiatus? Yeah. Me too. No tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. I'm not going to hurt you. You didn't let me finish my sentence. I said, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your brains in. I'm going to bash them right the fuck in. (laughs) I'll kill you all! <laughs> I'll try to be crazy. I'll kill you all! Let's dream come true! Six year old child with this blind, pale, emotionless face. The blackest eyes. The devil's eyes.
Welcome to the Terradome. Let's start it off with last week's winner. Well, two weeks ago was winner, shall we? Mm-hmm. Singles competition. We had Samara Morgan from the ring versus Leatherface. Mm-hmm. Tell me that. Oh, here we go. That's what I'm looking for. Rachel clung to life desperately. The family had tortured her and humiliated her, but she was still alive. By her math, her seven days were up either way. Then Samara appeared. The one with the saw fought like an animal, but one touch from her and he was reduced to a waterlogged corpse. Rachel was next. With a vote of 9-4, to four, Samara Morgan wins, advancing over Leatherface. You always got to go with the supernatural edge, yeah. you know? I mean, Leatherface a bad bitch. I would take him over a lot of other people. Maybe a Michael Myers. Maybe. Mm. I'm not saying I would. I'm saying it's a, it's a possibility. A, uh, I would take him over a... Uh, um, no. A uh, no, no, no. Uh, well, no. He's just he's Not just really. he's a dumb guy. <laughs> is the problem? That's the bit. That's his biggest problem. Is that he's dumb? Uh, maybe a Killjoy. I don't know. Uh, Ghostface. He could take Ghostface. Oh yeah. There you go. All right, Leatherface. Sorry. <laughs> you got we somebody you can we had to reach. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we found someone. Let's take a look at the teams competition, shall we? Mm-hmm. Team's competition, we had the Sawyer family versus the Elite Hunting Company. The mercenaries poured forth from their noisy helicopters. Satellite imaging had given them a solid reconnaissance of the quarry, but not the tunnels underneath. Lured underground, they all became food for the family. With a vote of 8-5, to the Sawyers advance over the Elite Hunting Company. Wow. Uh, I didn't see that coming. I thought it would have went the other way. Yeah. You know, guns usually prevail over chainsaws. Mm-hmm. Just saying, ah, whatever. I'm not in charge of you people. You can vote however, whichever way you want. And I know goddamn well I didn't let you two vote, but that's what you get for not fucking showing up. Okay? There. <laughs> I'm sorry. I only hurt you because I love you. <laughs> I don't like doing this to you, but you make me do it. <laughs> for your own good. It's for your own good, goddammit. Let's take a look at this week's matchup, shall we? Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. We are in the Inferno Conference Round 5, Singles Division. As usual, inmates, bear with me. I'm not very good at writing things. Lori was alone and afraid, barely 17 years old and already severely traumatized, the sole survivor of the Haddonfield Massacre and still being hunted. Her long-lost older brother had escaped his institutional prison and had come back to kill her. He'd almost succeeded, but instead managed only to only the wholesale slaughter of Lori's friends and family. Now she was on the run. The authorities unable to apprehend him, her family unable to protect her. She decides to flee the country and heads for the Canadian border. It's not long before Michael picks up the trail. Stolen car after stolen car and a winding pursuit across the American Northeast. It ends in a small town in central Maine. Twisted steel and a tornado of missing children flyers herald their coming. But in the town of Derry, Maine, terror is its own commodity and can pay for a great many things. Singles competition, we have Michael Myers versus Pennywise the Clown. Wow. What do you think of this one, buddy? <clears throat> I know which way I'm going. We've had this matchup before. Yeah. And I stand by my logic. How say you? I'm going to have to go. I'll go with Pennywise. Okay. Monica? Uh, I'm taking uh, Michael Myers. I am also taking Michael Myers. And the reason is this. Pennywise preys exclusively on children because he needs uh, the people he's going after to be afraid of him. 
And I don't think Michael Myers feels fear. I don't think he's capable of it, man. That's just my opinion. Because, I mean, come on, man. Come on. They, they, they beat him by throwing rocks at him. In the book. <laughs> don't even get me started on the movie. Just say it. Just say If they can do it. All right. Those, that's your singles competition. Let's take a look at Pennywise the teams. Pennywise will just make him float since he won't be able to get any fear. Ah, I don't know about pit, that. Pit him that way. I don't know about that. All right, this one's going to get even sillier. <laughs> we are still in the Inferno Conference Round 5 teams competition. The event was predicted. A celestial meteor with a Category 2 impact somewhere in the American Southwest. Collateral damage was possible, but the impact would be small enough to avoid a major catastrophe. What wasn't predicted was the nature of the meteor itself. The item in question wasn't the usual space sludge, but an alien craft, one very similar to a standard run-of-the-mill circus tent. What also wasn't predicted was the second impact, less than three miles away from the first. The second item in question, also an alien craft, being a delivery method. Both impact sites located near a small town in the middle of the New Mexico desert. Both alien craft containing highly hostile extraterrestrial life forms, one in the form of clowns, the other in the form of, a, of small black mammalian carnivores. It would be hours before the American military could respond and minutes before either alien found the small town. Team's competition, we have the killer clowns from outer space versus the critters. <laughs> Woo! I had to work for that. God damn it. What do you think, buddy? That would be a great show. That would be. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with the Critters. Okay. Monica? Yeah, I'm taking the Critters on this one. I'm going to go with the Killer Clowns. I feel like they would have some kind of a weapon specifically for the Critters. You know what I mean? Like the, the cotton candy thing. I feel like that would be good at rounding them up like a big area of them, you know? Hmm. Or the, the popcorn. I don't know, man. I don't know. Quit giving me dirty looks. You're fucking me up. <laughs> Those are your Terra Dome matchups for the weekend, mates, and singles competition. It is um, Pennywise versus Michael Myers. Team's competition is the Critters versus the Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Get us your votes by next week if you can. The Mental Health Hotline is area code 775-387-0275. Or you get us on the regular old email at thepaddedroom2011 at hotmail.com. I think the critters would eat the cotton candy. I don't know. If they got sprayed with it. It's a possibility. Yeah. It's a, it's a, or they might get run over by the big uh, carnival uh, <laughs> thing with the steamroller dozer. Aren't the critters able to roll away? Yes. <laughs> Unless they are. Unless they're sleeping. For whatever reason. Or it. they have been uh, put in one of those big balloon things. You know, oh there's, there's, we're talking technology here, Monica. Okay. There's ways around stuff. <laughs> I don't even know anymore. I mean, you're probably right. I'm probably the fucking asshole here. Anyway, uh, think about those matchups, inmates. While you're doing that, we're going to tell you which movies we got to watch within the last two weeks or so. In a little segment we like to call, What Are You Looking At? Bitch. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know. I'm, I shouldn't have. That Porn wasn't messed yeah, yeah. Well, I think that goes without saying. <laughs> what are you looking at? I got a few movies in. Have you guys heard of a movie called Dark House from 2017? Mm. It's not bad. What uh, was it about? 
Real estate agent goes to look at a property he just picked up, and every time he tries to leave, it like he goes out the door, but it like puts him right back in. So he steps out, and it's like he stepped right back in. Huh? It's pretty cool. Ends up there. Turns out there's a squatter in there also. Oh. And they run into clones of themselves. It gets a little little wacky. Very uh-huh. atmospheric. Worth a huh. watch. I think I watched that on Tubi. Actually. Wow. Uh, Bill's a buff. From 2017. Yeah. This one's pretty dope, dude. Yeah. It's a Mexican possession movie. Hmm. It gets pretty pretty gnarly with the possessed stuff. It's got wow. Tobin Bell, uh, oh. Jigsaw. He's a excommunicated priest. Uh-huh. Pretty good show. It's on Shutter right now if anybody wants huh. to check that out. Do you have to read it? Or it's in English? Parts of it. Part, oh. It goes back and forth. Okay. It, it's Mexican, but it takes place like right on a border town. Okay. So there's Americans and Mexicans hmm. both working together. Uh, t- speaking of Mexican, Tigers Are Not Afraid. Has anybody seen this one? Oh, no, I heard of it. Was it worth? It's like 90% uh, crime, gang, uh, violence, slash drama. Oh, then I like it. That's what I got out of it. Oh, you saw it too? No, when I saw the trailer for it. 90%, there is a supernatural element at the end. Well, throughout the movie, really. But it's very understated. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't come into play until the very end. Uh, Oh, okay. Still a good movie. But there's action in there? There is, yeah. Oh, okay. It's a pretty good show. Uh, it Chapter 2. Uh, did we all see that one? I didn't. Yeah. Uh, you can spoil it for me. It doesn't matter. I, I, no, I like... No spoil, spoilers yet. I will, oh. I will just say that I did not... I liked the movie up until the ending. Because the ending is pretty fucking... I guess it's in, in line with the book. It's in line with it, but it didn't. it's not true to the book, so to speak. Mm. So... I don't know, man. Uh, pretty good show up to that point, I would oh. say. I love Rain Wilson. I thought he was. Good. I thought they went a little, a little heavy into the comedy section this time. Yeah, you know they could have kept but, I mean, it. You know the kid, though. I mean, he was just what? firing up those one-liners. What kid? They're in the first one in chapter one. Oh, Richie Tozier. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, of course, when he's older, right. Yeah, was still it, doing was it. the three hours? Was it too long of a movie to sit through? Or? I don't. I don't know. I don't think so. I think it was. It was. It kept. It kept. Kept me interested. Kept. Uh-huh. Kept moving. Mm-hmm. Uh, kept with the scares and uh, that fucking the old lady in the apartment. God damn, son. Yeah. Woo. Uh, yeah. Pretty. Pretty. Uh, just. It's just the ending. But that's mm-hmm. a complaint that a lot of people have about Stephen King works in general, is that he doesn't know how to end his books. I disagree, but whatever. Uh, also, I watched Hellish Flesh from 1977. Are you guys familiar with the Coffin Joe movies at all? Mm-mm. There's a, a Roku channel called Fright Picks. It's got all the Coffin Joe movies. Oh, okay. I passed by it. They are uh, Brazilian from the 70s, uh-huh. and there's a lot of weird drug stuff going on there. Oh. And a lot of like naked chicks doing interpretive dances in psychedelic situations. Uh-huh. It gets pretty wacky. I I <laughs> resign myself. I'm like, I'm going to watch all the Coffin Joe movies, and then I'll come on the show and talk about Coffin Joe. Uh-huh. And I watched this one, Hellish Flesh, and I was like, I'm not watching another one of these <laughs> fucking things at all, because I don't get it, man. This one actually had like a coherent storyline, at least. This guy is a scientist. His wife cheats on him. Uh, and then her and his best friend try to kill him by dumping acid on him. Uh-huh. But, of course, he's smarter than they are, so he waters down the acid, so it just looks like it's burning his face. And then at the end, uh, her her the guy she's cheating with dies. 
So she's like, oh, I love you so much. Please take me back. And he's like, he's wearing a mask the whole time. He's like, I'm not going to take you back. You're a beautiful woman and I'm a monster under this mask. So she takes the acid and throws it on her own face. And she oh. goes, there, now I'm a monster too. How do you like that? Wow. And then, of course, he takes the mask off and he's perfectly fine. And he's got a hot young chick that he's been banging on the side. And he's like, yeah, you are a monster. Get the fuck out of here. I don't want nothing wow. to do with you. Karma, <laughs> bitch. Yeah, fucked her all up. Wow. So uh, that's all I looked at, Monica. What do you, what, what, what's on your post note there (laughs) (laughs) oh so i finished uh stranger things okay third Uh, season yes third season um i got to watch the typewriter how's that uh i loved it okay it's only six episodes oh it's a show yeah it's a show on netflix okay um but i i can see they're gonna be making a part two to this sweet deal um it's like devil haunted possession i love it stuff uh i got to see uh what was that called satanic panic okay i think i saw the um ethan hawk in that one no uh what's his name uh oh my god i can't think of his name uh jerry o'connell oh right wow i don't know and his wife okay they're in it all right Uh, (coughs) i really don't like him why not I, because he made a fat comment about his wife when she was pregnant. Oh. And I haven't been able to get over it. He was a fat kid. Yeah. I know. What are you doing? You can't do that when you're a, you were a fat kid. How dare you, Jerry O'Connell. I think he's still fat, isn't he? No. He's, I he, mean. You know, he, you can tell he is has worked out. Yeah. Because he's in his underwear in this movie. Oh, but boy. he's got a lot of, like, loose skin. Oh. Like, yeah. like he's, I was looking at him going, mm, I couldn't sleep with him. I just can't. Well, if she can't, then I can't. <laughs> um, I got to watch a movie called uh, Strange But True. Okay. How's it that? was really good. Nice. Uh, I can't think of the old dude from Red. You John know, Malkovich? No, 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 no. The little older guy that always plays a bad man in all the gangster. I don't know. You might know. I would, I would probably recognize him. Yeah. Um, so then I got to watch, oh, again, Return of the Living Dead. Uh, Crawl, my Very favorite cool. movie of the year. I started it. I just didn't. I got. I had to fucking rip up the floors of my house, so I'm like, God damn it! Oh, I was surprised that Barry Pepper is in that. Oh, one. is he? Yeah. Is he making a comeback? Yeah, he's the papa in that. Okay, movie. very wow. cool. Uh, yeah, well, and I then thought I... he was done after yeah. Spaceship Earth or whatever that was. No, he <laughs> the Scientology the movie. <laughs> and then I watched the Furies, which everybody loves. Excellent movie. I gotta watch that one. Oh my god, and Haunt. Okay. You have to watch that one. That's an Eli Roth situation. Yes. I love that about him. And then uh, what else did I watch? Oh, well, it doesn't matter. I lost it. All. That's everything for the post. <laughs> that does it for the post-it note. <laughs> Buddy, you get to watch anything, amigo? That must have been a big post-it note. <laughs> yeah, I uh, checked out um, the Netflix series Woo Assassins. Okay. Uh, that's pretty good. Right There's on. A little supernatural element to it. Nice. Um, and, of course, uh, It, Chapter 2. Chapter 2. two. You and didn't like it at all, I did really you? didn't like it at all. All right. I mean, to me, the, there's no rewatch value in it. 
Um, I, 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 I would agree with that because I just don't see myself sitting through three hours of it again already knowing where it's going. Yeah, and I could watch chapter one over and over. I've already seen chapter one twice. I wouldn't yeah. mind watching that one again, but chapter two, no, I'm done. I'll probably pick it up when it comes out just so I have both of them. Right. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. That it? Yeah, that's it. Alrighty. Let's do a little immersion therapy, shall we? Mm-hmm. The Basement. <laughs> Immersion therapy. You lost me with this one, dude. I realize you didn't pick it. <laughs> I was like, I didn't even. I wasn't I'm, here for I'm, a month. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, it, that's why I'm blaming you because you weren't here. And when I'm left to my own devices, this is the kind of shit that I pull out of my ass. Uh, like the third time he comes down and he's wearing another outfit. Okay, that's the same guy. Who the fuck is he trying to fool? That's right. clearly him. He's got the show the same tattoo. Mm-hmm. It's clearly him. What does he even bother? Is he going to kill him or not? You want to? What are you doing? You want to kill him or do you want to fuck around all night with your little talent show? Right. All right. And then the the twist at the end. I'll admit I didn't see it coming, but by then I I wasn't really paying attention anymore because I was like, who's coming down next? Big Bird from Sesame Street. <laughs> who, who, what what other costumes you got up there? Go check in with the props department, you wacky prick. I don't know, man. What'd you guys think of the basement? Uh, I, well, I, myself, I found it predictable. I found I, I already guessed it within like fifteen twenty minutes in the show. Yeah, just between the cover of the title, the the cover of the movie, and then of course just what they were he was saying in it. And I'm just like, oh yeah, and of course the picture of you know him with the you know holding the girls right uh, photo on his phone. So it was like oh, I already knew it. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just stupid. Yeah. I did like the very ending, though. I, I That was probably the only part that I liked. Um, the whole, uh, are we going to spoil the movie? Or? We might as well. I don't think anybody, nobody commented on it, so I don't think anybody's going to watch it. <laughs> yeah. The whole torch thing. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty I, I'm gnarly. glad it wasn't a happy ending. Yeah, me too. Hey, the the teeth part was a little yike. Oh yeah, made me made me crawl a little bit. Did you watch this one, Monica? No. All right, we'll All avoid right. it. <laughs> yeah, avoid you can it. avoid it. So basically, just a snapshot. Uh, this guy kidnaps a dude. He's a serial killer. Uh, he's torturing the guy all night long, but he keeps going upstairs. He's got him in the basement, obviously. Uh-huh. Goes upstairs, puts on a different outfit. First he's a clown. First he's a clown. Then he goes up. Then he's a, a cop, and he's here to save him. With a little bit of clown makeup yeah, on Yeah, he's face. still got the clown makeup on. He's <laughs> like, okay, I'm going to get you out of here. Then he goes back upstairs, comes back. Now he's a detective, and he's going to start questioning the guy. Mm-hmm. Then he goes back upstairs, come back down. Now he's a priest, and he wants to hear his confessions. <laughs> and a mom. Then he, com- he comes back down dressed in drag, and now he wants to be the guy's mom. It, oh. it gets very. It's it, wow. What are you doing, dude? What's going on here? What is this? Don't they have a part two to this? I hope I not. Hope not. Oh. I don't think so. This okay. was. From, I mean, they could uh, definitely do a part two off of it. They I don't mean, need to. They, they don't need. They that. could even do a prequel because I don't. I, well, the very beginning of it was kind of cool. It had my attention. It's from 2018. I don't think they have a. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, that beginning opening scene with a chick down there in the basement. I'm yeah. Like, Ooh, this could be pretty good. Yeah. And, uh, no. I wonder if he did the same talent show for her. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, fuck off. Skip the basement inmates. If you uh, were thinking about it, don't, don't even watch that. Sean didn't like it either. He watched it. He yeah. said, poo poo. Poo poo. I agree, Sean. Uh, buddy, what do you got for us this week? Amigo. All right. This week, let's check out 2019's the hole in the ground. 
It is written and directed by Lee Cronin, stars Sienna Kerslake, James Quinn Markey, Katie Quintenen, and David Crowley. And you will find this on Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. Check it out, inmates. We'll do the same. First, we got to educate Miss Monica. Educating Miss Monica. Yeah. Uh, Monica left her <laughs> notebook at home, and she only brought one post-it note. So, and it was full of movies. It's full of, in random numbers. Uh, I think I see a doodle of a flower on it. I think there's a Ouija board. So on the there's back. no. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say she is not prepared for this. I will be taking the reins of educating Miss Monica. Here I go. Okay. I am a hot chick that messed around with your dad and his friends. They didn't treat me very well, so now I'm back to fuck with their kids. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, get me out of this fucking lake. There you have it, inmates. <laughs> ponder, ponder that, and, uh, wow. <laughs> ponder that, and, uh, see if you can figure out who I am. Is that one clue, or? <laughs> you want more clues? <laughs> Uh, I'm also batshit crazy, obviously, and uh, there's a guy and a little girl that are, a guy and a little kid, I don't know if that was a girl or not, that are helping me out, and they're batshit crazy also. Okay. Huh. Yeah. I'm lost. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Ponder that, and I will tell you who I am next week, inmates. I think hmm. he's lost. No, I know exactly who I am. Uh, I don't know if any of those clues match up to the actual movie yeah. or not. <laughs> yeah. All right. Other than that, inmates, I think that's about going to do us for the week. Thank you very much for joining us. We'll be back to our regularly scheduled weekly release now that my hardwood floors are in. And we will be prepared. We will be prepared and better yes. organized next week for the live show and everything else. I know this this episode was a bit of a fuck story, but we're still like rearranging shit and mm-hmm. trying to figure out who's getting which microphone and where the camera has to be and all that crap thank you for bearing with us uh other than that i think that's about it we got a uh you know like comment subscribe do all that stuff drop a comment five star review over at itunes that helps us out a lot (laughs) buddy's gonna choke to death while i continue running through this (laughs) if you're gonna throw up there's a window right there 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 you go whoa he gets a little emotional at the end of the show ladies and gentlemen Uh, we also have a Patreon campaign running, uh, patreon.com. Just go to paddedroompodcast.com. You'll find everything you need to know about us there. And the Psycho Bunny Death Cult as well. You can find that on Facebook or psychobunnydc.com. In the meantime, uh, for Miss Monica, Buddy, Hot Chicks and Lakes, Pet Cemetery, Pet Cemetery um, Guys Tied Up in Basements Being Subjected to Weird Gay Talent Shows, um, Triffids, post-apocalyptic uh, London and the Padded Room Podcast. I'm afraid visiting hours are over. Oh, join us next week for Poltergeist 2. Didn't I already say that? Join us next week for Poltergeist 2, inmates. Did I say? I don't know. No, we didn't okay. announce it. Okay, Poltergeist 2 for next week. <laughs> and visiting hours are now over. Bye. Have a great week.